0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu ala nabina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. My brothers and sisters in Islam in Australia and all around the world. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's been a while that I've given any talks or appeared to the public and I've been reflecting. And first of all, I'd like to acknowledge and thank, may Allah reward all the Mashaykh and the da'is around the world and here who have exerted a lot of effort in this very struggling time. And I've heard many of their lectures and their advices, and many of them are excellent. A lot of the posts that brothers and sisters are sharing, I can feel the empathy is growing, and people are starting to reflect. But my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this is actually quite emotional for me. And I want to share it with you inshallah. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to use feel good words today. I'm going to talk to you from my heart to your heart, raw as raw can be. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He honored us when He created us to the point that He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, showed us off to the angels. And he said to them, What does that mean? He said, I am going to place on the earth an important type of people. They will reproduce and they will inherit each other and look after this earth and obey me. And the angels were so surprised. وَنَحْنُوا نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ Oh Allah, are you those who will spread corruption and shed blood? While we, the angels, we glorify you and we praise you and we thank you and we are grateful. My brothers and sisters in Islam, and so it came to be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not place us on this earth out of anger or because He wanted us to go through hardships of suffering for no reason. Nor does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like to see us in pain. In fact, there is a beautiful hadith which is sahih in Bukhariya Muslim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the long hadith, my servant keeps coming closer to me until I become his eyes that he sees with and his ears that he hears with and his hand which he touches with and his legs which he walks with and listen to the end of the hadith, which a lot of people don't finish off with. And he said, and there is nothing that I hesitated more than taking the soul of my slave when he or she is about to die. For he dislikes it, he is afraid of it and I hate to give him pain. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want harm upon us. But you see, your parents love you, don't you? Don't they? We all believe it that instinctively our parents love us even more than themselves. Wallahi, if they were to see you dying in front of them, your parent will cry to say, I wish it was me instead of you. If you were sick, your parent will say, I wish it was me instead of him or her. If they see a little piece of hair inside your eye, they say, I wish it was in my eye than his or hers. And the one who created your parents is Allah and he loves you more than your parents. But sometimes your parents have to teach you a lesson. And that lesson is not because they wanna harm you, but in order to bring you back so that you can stand on your own two feet and be a good person. So that you can grow and be a leader of righteousness and so that you can do the right thing, not the wrong thing. My brothers and sisters in Islam, what is this coronavirus that's happened to us today? What is this catastrophe that has happened around the world? The likes of which we have never ever seen before. I don't mean the epidemic. I don't mean that a virus has come, it's contagious. This has happened many, many, many times before, even before the Prophet Muhammad Many epidemics and pandemics have happened before, plagues and other viruses. But I'm not talking about that. I am talking about the state that we are in today globally, from east to west, north to south. There isn't a house except that it's isolated. There isn't a mosque except that it has closed. Subhanallah, Mecca and Medina, we are isolated from. When has this ever happened? It is so hard to see your own parents, your own family. What is happening? My brothers and sisters in Islam, I see some of our brothers and sisters, I don't know if they understand what Qadr means. Allah's pre-measurement on what He has decided. This virus, my dear brothers and sisters, and what has happened in the world economically and in our social uh, uh, capital, everything that is happening to us is from none other than Allah There are lots of our brothers and sisters who sit there busying their time with conspiracy theories. No, it has to be someone who did it. No, it has to be somebody else who's plotting and planning. Maybe but this virus did not come from them my dear brothers and sisters mark my words and face it it came from Allah it's a cop out to start blaming other people look at yourselves my message today is for the Muslims and there are those who call it a punishment upon a certain people or a certain country or a certain people or a certain this or a certain that this is also a cop out my brothers and sisters listen brothers and sisters this has globally spread throughout the world upon the weak and the strong the old and the young the innocent and the evil every single one of them, the Muslim and the non-Muslims this is a message to us as Muslims before anyone else so I'm talking to you my brothers and sisters the only one who can lift this is Allah and the only one who brought it upon us is Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. yes yes there are circumstances yes there are natural occurrences that cause things this is all part of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala's plan on this earth that he made this world work in a process that if somebody does this, A, then B, is going to happen. If you drink poison, you're going to die from it. If you jump off a cliff, you're going to die from that. If you jump in front of a car, you are going to die. Of course, if you go and sit with a person that, who is sick from this virus and you know that, you're going to get, um, that it's going to pass on to you, then it's going to pass on to you. But what's happened to us at the moment is that we've put our trust too much, too much in the causations and taking measurements, too much, which is okay, of course. From the Shara perspective, we have to have social isolation. From the Shara perspective, we have to isolate ourselves. From a Shara perspective, we have to take precautions. Whoever does not believe in that, doesn't really understand Islam that well. But we cannot put our total trust, entire trust, just in that with and then ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means you have given up on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And listen to what Ya'qub said to his children. He said, "Wala tayasu min Never give up from the mercy of Allah. <inaudible> it is no one, no one who gives up from the mercy of Allah except those who disbelieve in Him. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, let me first of all begin before answering your questions that I see coming up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I've been thinking about this, I've been looking at it, and the only thing that I can think of in the Quran is the following verse. <inaudible> حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا themselves. Listen to the verse of the Quran, Allah says, Indeed, Allah will not change the state of a people until they change the state that is within themselves. A lot of people misunderstand this verse. They think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not change a bad state of a people, a suffering of a people back into goodness and comfort and blessings until they change their state. It's the opposite. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not begin the suffering with us. He begins the blessings, the comfort, the security. Doesn't He bring you out from your mother's womb secure? Doesn't He give your parents mercy to look after you? Doesn't He give you a sense that He is there with you? Doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you provisions? Doesn't He make the rain drop and fall even upon the murderer who walks out of the house after murdering somebody still gets rain, still gets food. Allah is merciful brothers and sisters. Don't ever assume wrong of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said He will not change the good state of a people, the blessed state of a people, the comfort of the people, the security of the people, until they change. That is within themselves. They become evil. They become wrongdoers. They become sinners. They become oppressive. They become betrayed. They become um, competing for materialistic things. They start seeing themselves as, as if self sufficient. They forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this in order for us to return. Listen to what Allah says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never change the state of a blessing, which he has given upon people. Allah doesn't take away the ni'mah. Allah doesn't take away the blessings from us. Allah doesn't take away the security from us. Allah doesn't take any of this provision from us until we change it. We've done something wrong. Listen to what Allah SWT said in the Quran. Allah SWT says that corruption, has overcome you, has become powerful. Corruption has overtaken you. Corruption has become the lawmaker. Corruption has exceeded all bounds. البرر, on land, and the word bar comes from bir, which means to be good towards someone. The earth is good to us, but we are bad to it, and bad to the other people, some of us. Allah says, fasad. corruption has increased in the land and in sea, الناس, because of what people's hands have done. Why? Allah says, So that Allah can make them taste a bit of what they are doing wrong. This is the most beautiful part, Allah says, in the hope, so that, in the hope that they may return. Allah doesn't punish people totally here in this world. The punishment is in the hereafter. The enormous reward is in the hereafter. But in this world, Allah sets us straight sometimes. What is happening now in the world is a wake-up call. It is an opportunity for us to return, for us to fix. Brothers and sisters, it's not up to you to fix the whole world. You fix yourself, fix what is in within your family. Do you know why Allah has done this? Well, Allah says in the Quran, Every human being is responsible to judge themselves. I'm not here to judge you. I can only judge myself. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes something from you, it's only in order to give you. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He gives you some kind of suffering, it's in order for us to learn and to reflect. He wants something from us to come back. Allah doesn't want us to go away. Allah says in the Quran, Fafirru ilallah, run away from all that makes you afraid to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters in Islam, look at us. Look at our state. What has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed about us? Do you know the word Ibtila, Bala? We hear it a lot. Bala. Bala comes from the word of changing your state, flip-flopping you from state to state. Allah has created us on this earth in order to go through trials and tribulations. Why? Not so that he can know whether we are righteous or not. But in order for us to know ourselves so that we know what our faults are. So that we know how to grow. Wallahi, if there was no suffering, none of us would know empathy, mercy, forgiveness. I mean, look at Adam alayhi salam. When he ate from the tree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forbidden, it was nothing special about the tree, but he had listened to the shaitan and he had forgotten and followed his desire for a little bit. And then he sought Allah's forgiveness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed his forgiveness and mercy upon him and his wife Hawa, our mother and father. If it wasn't for that, Adam alayhi salam and Hawa would have not known what forgiveness and mercy means. Brothers and sisters in Islam, did you know that ibtilah trials and tribulations come in two ways. Allah says, We will try you always and make you shift between state to state in both bad and good things. And al-azim the worst type of trial is when Allah makes us go through blessings. Because when a person has wealth, when you have health, when you have everything, when you have security, you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that person. You think that you are secure, you've done nothing wrong. And we forget that we belong to Allah and from Him we came and to Him we shall return. We forget whether we are boastful, we forget that we are arrogant, we forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some of us, we think that, oh, if Allah gives you wealth, that means He loves you. We hear this statement all the time, well, Allah must love him. But really, did you know? That this is the biggest trial because a human being reacts when they see something is gone. When you suffer, we react, we return, we start thinking, we start reflecting. SubhanAllah, I have never heard in my life the President of America, the Prime Minister of Australia, once in my lifetime I've ever heard this from somebody who I don't even know if they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are calling people to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are calling a day where people go to their um, places of worship to ask Allah to call upon God? The Prime Minister of Australia said, My knees are on the ground and they are in pain from praying to God, so pray to God. Subhanallah, there is something within us that is called a fitrah, instinctive, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And when Allah takes something from us, then our instinct kicks in. Even an atheist feels it. wallahi I had an atheist person who came to fix some cables in my house once. And he said, you know what? How come I feel like when I'm in the middle of the ocean, why do I feel like I have to call upon God, upon Allah? And I said to him, SubhanAllah, this is exactly the verse in the Qur'an. My brothers and sisters, why does Allah do this to us to return us? Tell me, brothers and sisters, we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In our homes, we cut off our family ties. Our prayers, a lot of us were not praying our hijab, we wear immodest clothing, we try to justify our clothing and try to justify our immodest behaviors. When we know that we are disobeying Allah and doing the wrong thing, we betray, we cheat, we lie, we boast, we show off. Let us not be among them. And then what do we expect? Do we expect that Allah is going to bring gold and silver upon us from the sky? Is that what parents do? We call these types of parents, parents who spoil their children, they bring out the worst in them. But parents who, they restrict their children from certain things, they make them go through certain hardships, they are the ones who come out resilient, they are the people who understand empathy. You know, once a brother, he passed by and saw a homeless man, and his daughter was with him, she was seven years old, she says, what can I do for this homeless man? He said, whatever you like, she said, I want to buy him some sushi, some food. And she went and gave it. What do you think that girl learnt? She learned empathy and giving, for example. Sometimes a mother may get so angry at her child, and maybe that child rebels and goes outside and says, I'm not coming back. You know, I know a mother who said, if you want to go out the house, then go. And she packed his bags and said, go. When he went outside, went around the block, he started to cry. And he came back to the door, started knocking, 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 knocking. Mom, 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 please forgive me. I'm sorry. He started to cry. And she's inside ripping apart. Her heart is ripping apart. She doesn't want to hurt her son. But she's thinking that if I don't teach him a lesson of hardship right now, he's going to run away and hurt himself or do something terrible. When, when somebody loves you, this is what they do, my brothers and sisters in Islam. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He told us in the Qur'an, and this verse wallahi Allah, he hit me really hard. He said He says to the Prophet Before you, there were people whom we bestowed upon them. We gave them hardships and suffering of ba'sa' ba'sa' means sicknesses. And Dara meaning that we took away from them Ba'asa means we took away from them certain comfort and certain provision. and we put upon them certain sicknesses. La'allahum in, in the hope that they may humiliate themselves and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, humiliated. Humiliated means that you're not boastful. And when you feel humiliated before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you start giving, brothers and sisters. You know, something that happened to me, you all know my story about three months ago. My son and my brother died before my eyes. And wallahi. azim. I have never felt, I have never felt the humility as I felt that day. Two things in my life I will never forget. And that is seeing my son die before my eyes and his soul going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While I couldn't even hold it, I couldn't take it back. And I realized that I don't own him. Allah owns him. And then my brother. And then burying them and walking away from the grave. So harsh yet at the same time big reflect. And I thought to myself, Wallahi, truly, I don't own anything. I don't own my son. I don't own my brother. They all go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know what? Death is not going to ask me for my permission. Death is not gonna ask me for my permission or ask you for permission when it comes to you. We are all returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So returning back to Allah is not something that makes us afraid. But we need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that can bring good or take away evil. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Listen to what some of the people, wallahi, it hurts me that some people, what happens to them with this virus and with this catastrophe that's happening here? They look at the situation just like the son of Noah, the son of Noah, you know, the son of Noah, when Noah was on the ark, he called out to his son while the waves were coming and going and says, Please climb aboard, climb aboard, my son, there is no from the will of Allah today, and his son, you know what he said? He said, I'll go to some hill, and it will save me from the waves, just like now. I'll just take some precautions, and it will save me from everything else. Yes, you take precautions, but please understand what I'm trying to say. These are the types of people are like a student, I'm a teacher, sometimes we give them detention or a suspension, and the, and the arrogant or the rebellious student they don't take heat from it. They say, ah, oh, get this detention over and done with. Come on, you know, next minute, I'll just be in class again. Get it over and done with. Is it the type of person that we want to be? No, we have to learn from it. Number two, some people, they act like the people of Had. You know, the people of Had when the black clouds came, they said, oh, ah, uh, it's gonna pass by we're only going to get a bit of rain and suddenly it's going to go. This is just a virus like any other other virus that has happened before. You know, look, the Sahabas, they had the plague and before them, they had the epidemic. In the 10th and 11th century, the Muslims also suffered from a pandemic and epidemic. Viruses come and go. Makkah, it's it's not the first time it's been closed. It's not the first time people don't do Hajj. It's not the first time. SubhanAllah, what are you trying to say? You're trying to justify this and look past it as something insignificant? SubhanAllah, when the companions went through the plague in Syria, in Asham, in the time of Umar they were, they were the best of creation to Allah after the Prophet And Allah is teaching us how they dealt with it. You know what they used to do? They did not sit there bothering themselves or talking about this or that and joking. Even though joking is okay to pass time, that's fine. You know, to make things easy on you so that you don't get into depression. But subhanAllah, they even stopped talking about hadiths like learning, knowledge what they did was they went back and thought and they said to each other wallahi two rak'ahs two rak'ahs became more beloved to us than anything in this entire world learning and knowledge is excellent obviously we need to learn and we have turned away from the quran subhanallah we try to understand what allah is telling us however two rak'ahs is more beloved to us than the rest of the world we can face allah any time. how do you know that the th- that the, the plagues and the epidemics that have happened to muslims before us in history weren't also because Allah SWT wanted them to return because maybe some of them, maybe they had spread corruption and evil. Maybe Allah SWT wanted them to return because of something. And now is our time, whether you are Muslim or non-Muslim. My brothers and sisters in Islam, <clears throat> what do we do now? Now is the time of Tawbah. Now is the time of repentance. Oh, you who backbites, start fixing yourself. Oh, you who has cut his family ties, find a way. To connect your ties find a way to talk to your parents oh you who has disobeyed who has become rebellious against their parents find a way to make it up to them my brothers and sisters oh you who is abusing their wife or abusing their husband fix what you are doing wrong oh you who is showing off and posting things just so that people can give you likes and to give you attention look back at yourself who are you my dear brother and sister and remember that allah is the one who gave you what you have and remember to have your intention clear and sincere. for oh, Allah, Allah doesn't accept anything unless it's sincere. Brothers and sisters, look at our clothing, look at our modest dress and don't dismiss it. Who are you disobeying? You are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is what the Prophet said. And this hadith is in Bukhari as well. He said, be careful for there will come a time when five things will happen to you. And one thing he said, if you reach that time, be aware. One of the things that will happen is that, فاحisha, which means immodesty, lack of modesty, when shyness is gone, shyness, I mean, like people don't care if they do the wrong thing and they normalize it. When zina becomes widespread, when people start sleeping around and not caring about nudity and pornography and so-and-so, it becomes widespread and normalized. And then suddenly you will see diseases that come out in. Um, among the people which you have never known before people before them have never had these diseases brothers and sisters Why do these things happen? Because when we move away from the course the natural course which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world in Then we're going to attract the uh, we're going to attract negativity. We're going to attract disease We're going to attract problems My dear brothers and sisters in Islam it is a time for Tawbah. Listen to what Allah says: Oh, you who have regretted. Oh, you who have become depressed from themselves. Oh, you have given up on yourselves because of sins or because of wrong things that you have done. It doesn't matter if it's the size of the the mountains. Do not give up from the mercy of Allah. Allah forgives all sins. Brothers and sisters, now we have health, Alhamdulillah. We have time. Pray to Allah subhanahu wa taala. make dua in your sujood. Brothers and sisters, Rasulullah was in sujood in the middle of the night when Aisha radiallahu anha said, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't see the Prophet is next to me. So I moved my arms around and I could feel the soles of his feet. He was in sujood Rasulullah was in sujood saying, Allahumma, oh Allah, I seek refuge in your pleasure from your anger. I seek refuge in your forgiveness from your from, from bringing me distress. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in your forgiveness. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please give us forgiveness. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she also saw him making so much dua to the point where she thought he had died. So she touched him, she touched him on his finger. And when he finished, the Prophet said, Ya Aisha, did you think that I had passed away? She said, wallahi, you were so long sitting in your sujood that I thought you had died. SubhanAllah, this is Rasulullah making sujood to Allah and calling upon him, seeking refuge in his pleasure from his anger. Brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more merciful to us than our own mothers. Look at yourselves and what you are doing in your homes. Look at yourselves and how you are with your community, with your friends, with your neighbours, with your parents, with your siblings, with yourselves. And repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the time comes. Brothers and sisters, Ramadan is coming. And wallahi, this is something that I fear. Not that Ramadan is coming. I fear that, you know, this virus is gonna go away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't keep things going on, suffering going on for long. Goodness, good and bad, doesn't last forever. Everything is temporary. This virus will go away bi and it will not stay. However, what I fear is what we're going to do after it. Are we going to return back to our, uh, to our desires and our temptations? Are we going to out to celebrate in haram ways are we going to return back to our indecency and our immodesty as if nothing had happened to us wallahi allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will continue to send down reminders and reflections even some of them will be harder and harder and harder until we return because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you back He wants you back. Allah says, If my slave asks you about me, I am close. I am close. So why are we running away from him, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam? I repeat, judge yourselves. Man and humans judge themselves. You are the person who knows yourself and what you are doing right or wrong. Ramadan is coming upon us. And there are some people who are crying that they can't go to the masjid. There are some people who are crying that they can't pray tarawih. There are some people who are crying that they can't have iftar with their families. Brothers and sisters in Islam, listen to what Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala said in one of these instances when the Quran talks about it. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa talks about the time when the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam was going on an expedition. They had to face the Romans at that time. They heard that the Romans were coming to attack the Muslims. So they took care and he gathered an army. And there were some people who were coming, they were poor. And they couldn't have a horse, they couldn't have a camel, they couldn't have any type of food or anything that they can give in donation to help this cause. So Rasulullah said, I don't have anything to give you or to help you. And they returned back to their homes and Allah ﷻ describes the situation by saying, وَأَعْيُنُهُمْ a'yunuhum وَأَعْيُنُهُمْ min مِنَ الدَّمَعِ And they went away while their eyes were weeping with tears. Why? Huzn'an out of sadness. أَلَّا يَجِدُوا مَا يُنْفِقُونَ Because they could not find anything to donate. And when they went on that expedition and they came back, the Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, in Medina there are people who were with you in every step that you took. They were with you in every valley that you passed. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, they're in Medina and not with us. And he said, yes, they wanted to come with you. They tried but things prevented them. Wallahi, it is as if they were with you. And Imam al-Nawawi says, this means that anyone who wanted to do something, anybody who was used to do an act of worship, and then something prevents them, either sickness or travel, or what we are in right now, our isolation. Right now, we can't go to the masjids. If you used to pray Jumu'ah, then every Jummah, you are counted as if you are praying Jummah, brothers and sisters. If you used to fast Ramadan, it will be counted. If you, you used to go to Tarawih, it will be counted as if you are in Tarawih. If you used to go to the masjid and pray Jama'ah every Salat, will be counted as if you are going to Jama'ah. Every act that you got used to will still be accepted exactly as if you were there and doing it. And this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters in Islam, my brothers and sisters in Islam. In this Ramadan, it is a time for us to reflect between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in privacy. It is time for us to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and think about ourselves, what we have done wrong, what we have to fix in ourselves, what make a plan and a goal after Ramadan, how we after this pandemic is over, how are we going to be after this? Are we going to continue in what we are doing in the wrong? Or are we going to fix? Are we going to increase in our Iman and our worship or are we going to move backwards? Are we going to continue to harm others or are we going to stop it? My brothers and sisters, even if you can't do anything at all in this isolation, Rasulullah said, even if a person stops their hands and their tongue from harming other people, then they get rewarded for it. So watch out what you post. Watch out what kind of information you start spreading around. Did you know that it is haram to spread? It is haram by unanimous agreement among the scholars to spread information that causes more fear to people, that causes distress to people. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ said it is a sadaqah and it is a reward for anybody who can bring one smile to another person, one piece of comfort to another person. My dear brothers and sisters, also I'd like to give a very important advice. Allah says, Wala laka bihi ilm. Do not follow secondary sources on things which you have little knowledge of don't just follow anything anyone says or anything anyone posts. This is not the way of a Muslim. It's like following footsteps in the desert. You don't know where they're going to lead you. If you follow them and someone comes and tells you, you know, follow them, they'll save you from the desert. You might end up with, um, you know, a pack of lions. You know, maybe, um, you know, you'll end up with a pack of wolves or lions are about to attack, attack you. So don't just, a Muslim doesn't just follow anything and everything without verifying, without making sure what they are following. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, my last advice. InshaAllah. Rasulullah said, and his hadith is in Tirmidhi and it is authentic. He said, There isn't a single piece of harm that comes to a believer, whether it is wasab or nasab. Wasab means a means means a mental exhaustion. physical exhaustion. It could be depression, it could be anxiety. وَلَا هَمْ وَلَا غَمْ ham means that you are fearing the future, harm in the future. This is called ham and غَمْ means that when you live in a situation where all the doors are closed upon you, just like Prophet Yunus السلام, when he was in the belly of the big fish inside the darkness of the ocean, and he, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, الغم, "We saved him from the from the uh, from the claustroph- claustrophobia." from the uh, claustrophobia of the stomach of the fish. We are now in a claustrophobia and Allah subhanahu wa Taala rewards you for your patience. Even if it is the prick of a needle that you receive, except that Allah subhanahu wa Taala He forgives your past sins and He washes them away as if they didn't exist. So my brothers and sisters, be patient. And patience has three meanings, and that is continue to worship Allah and do the things which He has made compulsory upon you, and continue to worship Allah in the voluntary things. Don't give up on Him. That's the first part of patience and the highest. The second meaning of patience is to stay away from haram. And being patient with that and struggling to stay away from and wrestling with yourself. And number three is to be patient with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever befalls us, know that it is from Allah and to Him we shall return. So turn to Him and do not let yourself complain and say, Why me? And why this? And why that? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifts your level up and it is is only good for you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I thank you for listening. We have some uh, comments here I've seen uh, from a lot of our brothers and sisters there's something talking about the Dajjal my brothers and sisters in Islam this is something I want to talk about there's this lecture that people have put that that I delivered about six years ago you know the coming of the Dajjal and they give it different titles yes it's true the Dajjal will come yes this is you know there's paving a way for the Dajjal but my brothers and sisters in Islam please be wiser than that listen to what the Prophet Sallallahu told us. And this hadith is also in Bukhari. He said, there is, he said, if you find that the world is ending, in another hadith he says, if, the, if you heard about the Dajjal coming out, and you have a sapling, a sapling is like a little tree that you can plant, and you can plant it, then plant it. Don't sit there saying, oh, the Dajjal is coming, I should give up. Oh, the world is ending, there's nothing else that I can do. The Prophet ﷺ is telling us no matter what you hear about, no matter what you see coming from the signs of the last hour, continue to do good work, continue to keep working. Don't give up and sit there and, you know, just, is it here, is it not here? Nobody knows. Nobody knows if the Dajjal is out. Nobody knows if the coming of the Dajjal is right there or not. In fact, the Quran did not even talk about the Dajjal because Allah doesn't want us to busy ourselves with talking about it. Because, you know, for the past 1,400 years, people have been talking about the Dajjal. My brothers and sisters in Islam, you monitor yourself and remember that when your time comes, when your Qiyamah comes, when the end of the world comes for you, it is your death. And this is what we should be preparing for. A man said, Ya Rasulullah, sa'a, when the, will the world end? And he said, "Mata What have you prepared for? It? And that is the ultimate question for the wise and the one who reflects my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Leave all of that to Allah When a Dajjal comes, he comes. If it's paving the way, we can already see it. But you, what are you doing? Follow the Quran. Get back to reflect on the Quran, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Also, there is another question. I think someone said it here. They said, how do you verify media information? My answer to you, my dear brothers and sisters, is if you want to look at an information, number one, is it gonna benefit you? And if you knew the truth with it, can you do something about it? Can you benefit others with it? That's number one. Number two, verifying information has become the hardest thing in our life today if you're going to follow everything in the media. And I advise you to put the phone away for a little bit and not read everything that you see. Subhanallah. Every time I open up our phones, we see how many people have died, how many people have got the infection, numbers, 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 numbers. What does the media say? What do people say? The Dajjad, the conspiracy theories, the 5G, the, the 4G, I don't know what. All these things, we've busied ourselves with it, busied ourselves with it from ourselves and from our time with repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fixing ourselves and reflecting upon ourselves. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, leave that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now. Leave that to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la right now. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, Wala laysa laka bihi ilm. Al-Qafa in Arabic means the back of your neck, or it's also the end of a poetry line, which means do not follow the end of things. Do not follow secondary, third, you know, um, sources. Do not follow these things unless you are absolutely sure and whether it's going to benefit you or not. Brother is saying that there are many families around the world who are passing away and their families can't even see them passing away. My answer to that, my dear brothers and sisters is this, nobody dies alone. A believer believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not leave anyone alone. My advice to you is this, however, it is an obligatory thing, it is compulsory for a person to write their will. Get a piece of paper, write it down, and make it legal if you can. So that those who come after you they know what you want. Write a will, talk about what debts that you owe, talk about who you've upset, talk about you know whatever you want your family to carry on after you. Make your will, my dear brothers and sisters. Number two, those who die alone, always remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is with you. Rasulullah was buried alone. My son and my brother were buried alone. I couldn't go into the grave with them and all of us will face Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la alone. However, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la is always with you. He is always with you. My brothers and sisters in Islam, my advice to you is get back to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. Repent to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. Increase in your worship. Look after the affairs of other people. And very important advice, leave behind you some kind of ongoing charity. Leave behind you some kind of ongoing charity. One of the best types of ongoing charity is a well, water. A man said, Ya Rasulullah, my mother died. If she was alive, she would give sadaqah. What should I do for her? And he said, Well, then build a well for her. And the scholar said, The best type of sadaqah is a well. Water for people all around the world. You know, when I went to Lebanon, subhanAllah, I didn't realize how valuable water is that people have to go to a fountain, to a well, to some, you know, um, they couldn't get it from the house and they had to keep on filling up water, subhanAllah. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, all I can tell you is make dua for your parents, make dua for your siblings, make dua for your family who have passed away. For the Prophet sallallahu told us that one of the things that reaches the dead person is your dua. Or جارية, an ongoing charity that you leave behind. If they haven't done Hajj, Inshallah, when you're able to do it, then do it um, on behalf of them. If they've left clothes behind, they've left belongings behind. My advice to you is use those belongings in ways that they can, that that they will get rewarded for. So, for example, you know, I wore my son's shoes. I, wear, I sometimes I wear my brother's um, jacket whenever I wanted to wanted to go to the masjid, I wanted to visit a sick person, or I wanted to go and help someone. Even walking in their shoes, even you know, giving it to a relative who's going to wear it and give them warmth that dead person they get rewarded from it and Wallahi if they were to come out they'll thank you for it my brothers and sisters in Islam that's my advice in relation to that and I'll just answer two more things insha'Allah and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala love you all for the one whom you have loved me for his sake my brothers and sisters now my brothers and sisters in Islam as Ramadan approaches, I just want to make a very quick note. Uh, some people uh, have—I've heard some people believing in some false hadith that if half of Ramadan arrives on a Friday night, then Jibril calls out for the Dajjal to come out or something like that. If you hear any types of these hadith, something about the night of Friday, of the you know the, the half day of Ramadan please dismiss it. They are all fabricated hadith. There is no such thing as Jibril calling out halfway through Ramadan about the Dajjal coming out or whatever. Fast your month and do as much, as many good deeds as you can possibly do. You know, uh, some sisters, they're mothers, right? And they said, subhanAllah, like it's stressful. You know, we always, people are telling us to learn a new skill or to learn new knowledge and, to, and it's overwhelming. My dear sisters and my dear brothers, if you have children at home or you have parents that you live with or they live with you then every piece of service that you do for them make it for the sake of Allah every time you stand up every time you serve them it is in your scales of good deeds on the day of judgment don't only assume that praying fasting and reading Quran is the only way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you or forgives you subhanallah subhanallah every piece of harm every piece of uh, heartache every piece of stress that you go through serving others for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he rewards you from it wallahi and i say this and it's not humorous it's really true that even if you go to the toilet to relieve yourself and you say your dua going in for example and you thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you get out then this is an act of worship it turns it into an act of worship <laughs> Prophet said don't look down or take for um, you know, advantage any small good deed that you do. even asking your neighbor, how are you? You know, with the distance from them. How are you? Do you need anything? Wallahi, Allah rewards you for it. And I finish it with this beautiful hadith. Prophet ﷺ said, if one of you intends to do something good for the sake of Allah, intends, you want to go, go ahead and do it. You really want to do it. You know, just think about it. You want to do it. And then you changed your mind. It'll still be written for you as one good deed. And if one of you does it, it'll be multiplied by 70. From 10 to 70 and more. Now, the other way, if one of you intended to do something wrong, something bad, sinful, and then you did it, it will be written for you as one sin. But then if you changed your mind for the sake of Allah, it'll be written for you as one hasana. For merely changing your mind for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look how many rewards we have subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, my brothers and sisters, sabr. Patience itself is worship subhanAllah. I never knew the the, the value of worship until I went through the that I went through patience. My dear brothers and sisters is a type of worship that people have forgotten subhanAllah patience and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says that the angels will be waiting at the doors of Jannah for people who are patient in this world. And they will smile to them and call upon them. They say to them, Salamun Alaikum Bima Sabartum. Peace be upon you as a result of what you were patient with. What a beautiful end for you to live in. This is what we are working towards, my brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all the nurses and the medical workers and the authorities who are working sincerely to help and protect the people. May Allah reward all the organizations, Muslim and non Muslims, who are serving the people and helping the people and sending food to them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward every person who posted. And you know, I saw subhanAllah these beautiful posts, Wallahi they made me cry, saying if anybody wants any help, please I'm a call away. Please call me, please. Some people offered their number, some people offered their communic- you know their, their contact just to help people, even just to talk to people people some people they call because they're, they're depressed or they're sad you know and they just listen to them wallahi every part of this if you do it for the sake of Allah's sincere intentions Allah Subh'ala will reward you even the non-muslim who does it for the sake of something else Allah rewards them did you know that in this world in this world and even in the hereafter Allah Subh'ala may listen you know, a consequence or a punishment that he had written for them. And he may give them something extra in this world. Listen to what the prophet ﷺ said. One man said, Ya Rasulallah, if we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things, will he give us? And he said, Allah will give you in three ways. Either he will give you what you're asking for, or he will delay what you're asking for because it's not good to give you at this time, but you don't know it, or he will keep it for you to give it to you in the hereafter. Then one man said, Ya Rasulallah, then should we ask Allah for a lot of things then? Since Allah will just keep giving us, and listen to what the Prophet said. He said, "Allahu, Allahu, Allah subhanahu wa taala akram. Allah subhanahu wa taala akram wa Akthar. Allah subhanahu wa taala will always give you more and more generous to you, no matter how much you ask for. You can ask for everything in the world, and Allah will still be more generous and more giving to you." than what you can ever imagine. But return back to him, my dear brothers and sisters, return back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lift this epidemic and this pandemic off us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cure the sick. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon those who have passed away. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make their sickness one that has expiated their sins for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all of you for being patient in this tough time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward us for every pain that we go through. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring about the best for this world and for this ummah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow his mercy and forgiveness upon us. Ameen. Wa sallallahu <laughs> Alihi wa sallamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.